0: Good morning, everyone. uh, The great prophet Isaiah, uh, he is speaking. Remember, the people of his time, the community, the nation, uh, they had, uh, well, it was very difficult for them. They were uh, captives, and they weren't, and they were uh, frightful, they were in despair. And the one thing I love about Isaiah is that he navigates all these seasons in life uh, without fear without hysteria, because fear and hysteria uh, shows lack of faith. And Isaiah navigates the waters of these things for his people, and he speaks to them uh, when they need to be a little bit harder. He speaks harder, and when he needs uh, to be more comforting, he does. And this is what we hear today. He tells them, do not be afraid. God is coming, and he will save you. St. James puts forth that for Christians, there should be no distinction. Now, he presents it uh, in between rich and poor, but he will develop this even greater. And he would say, there should be no distinction amongst you in class, race, nationality, or language. Not color, nothing, no distinction whatsoever. And simply put, there is no place for that in Christianity. Friends, Jesus cures in Mark's Gospel on our account today. So it's a, an account of the day in the life of Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, we are told the people uh, were astonished, and um, they should have been astonished uh, for the reasons, and I'll get to that, and we'll discuss why it appears that they, they're astonished by him. But our first vision visions, and he sees a time when the eyes of the blind will be opened, and that those who are deaf would hear, and tongues would speak to the glory of God. And, of course, his message was intent, uh, the intention was to bolster the hope of the people of his time, uh, hope that they would return to Jerusalem. They wanted their own nation again, and uh, a restoration of sorts. And uh, the prophet uh, just, he weaves very uh, effortlessly this elation of the exiles, his people, with the experience of someone returning home. Uh, That experience to that of a blind man or woman who opens her eyes for the first time and can see. I see the tree. I see the color. Oh, that's amazing. Or for the first time, hearing. I hear my child. And to the great joy of the one who could not speak, and finally they're allowed to speak and he's able to tell his loved one, I love you. Did you hear that? I did. And the great joy. And so he compares this great joy of this to that of the restoration of the people. Centuries later, uh, the Jewish people believed that similar signs would signal the coming of the Messiah, God's anointed one that they had been waiting for. And St. Mark knows this, of course, and he cleverly weaves Old Testament understanding and he appropriates to Jesus of Nazareth all these things from Isaiah. Jesus cures the deaf man. He opens his mouth so that he may speak. And St. Mark does this to show the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy given by God, but of, uh, and it is the beginning of the kingdom of God on earth. Remember, Jesus didn't say it's coming. He said, it is here, behold the kingdom of God is now upon you. And throughout the gospel, St. Mark likewise continues to show how these uh, dreams of Isaiah are brought to fulfillment in Jesus of Nazareth. In this passage we heard today, Jesus restores the man's hearing and speech. And But before this, Jesus has cured a paralytic in Capernaum and sent him on his way. Pick up your mat and go on. Go on with your life. And later he will restore the blind beggar's sight in Bethsaida. And each miracle, as we call them, provide evidence that the kingdom of God is upon them in the very presence and person of Jesus, the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. What Isaiah only could dream about, Jesus was making reality for them. And they said of Jesus, he has done all things well, and for anyone who studies Old Testament, you will know where this is coming from. This comes from the book of Genesis. In regard to God's handiwork, He created the heavens, and the earth, and all that is. And then it was said, He found that it was good. He done it all well. You see, what Mark's, Saint Mark's doing? He's appropriating it to Jesus, so that we will understand. The gospel story today we are told the people were astonished at his healing and uh, there are a few reasons very strong theological ones and i played with those what do i do with you with this do i give them to you or do i give you something you can chew on something that oh yeah that that so i'm going to give you that why were they astonished at jesus's healings um so we will get to that but My friends, what they should have understood was Isaiah's prophecy. That should have been the first on the list. Wait a minute. Isaiah talked about this man, but they didn't. One of the first reasons why they're astonished is because Jesus is in Gentile territory. He is walking amongst the enemies of the Jews, and he heals an enemy. The Gentile. He's in the area of the Decapolis. Those are pagans. Those are Gentiles. Those are, they're, to be exact, they're Phoenicians, and they weren't liked by the Jews, and the Jews, and Jews didn't like them. The Phoenicians didn't like the Jews. So Jesus dispels the distinction between Jews and Gentiles. Now, last week, he did the same thing. Remember, he's, he's he was talking about food, because Jews don't eat pork, and the Gentiles do, and he said, look, Eating the pork is not going to make you wicked. What makes you wicked is what comes out of your heart, from your mouth. So we see this distinction. Now he brings it up a level amongst the people. There is no distinction. St. James would have been, yeah, because we heard his reading today about that. The second reason the people, they quote, oddly enough, he has done all things well, and they're quoting Genesis And they're putting, so God took all that was chaotic and brought it into uh, harmony. And Jesus is restoring the relationship of humanity to God. So he has done all things well. He's taking the brokenness that has happened because of Adam and Eve of humanity and reconciling with God. He will reconcile all things. And because he reconciles the world with God, should not the people of God be reconciled with each other? Should we not be reconciled with each other then if the blood of his cross has reconciled our relationship to the Father? Think about that. Yes. The answer is yes. My friends, so the people said of Jesus what Genesis said of God. He has done all things well. Third, the deaf and the mute person was considered to be severely afflicted with Sin. Such a person could not hear the Word of God, and because of that, he could not understand. Remember, they didn't read back then, so it relied on someone telling the oral tradition. So the deaf person couldn't hear, so he didn't understand. Furthermore, he could not speak, and because he could not speak, he could not praise God in their mentality. So not only was he physically afflicted, but he was spiritually, religiously afflicted. So Jesus takes that and fixes it, the wholeness the harmony, the unity, and brings it forth. And he allows the person to function perfectly then. They should have been seeing, oh, this is Isaiah. Isaiah was talking about this. is what Isaiah was talking about. However, we are told that Jesus takes the man away from the crowd. Why would he pull them away from the crowd? Because they are pagans, they do not believe, and that unbelief filtrates into the hearts of people. You simply have to look around today and see how unbelief is spread. So Jesus takes him away from them and looks them in the eye. He goes to his own hometown. He can do very little because they don't believe in anything. Is there a problem with Jesus? No, it's a problem with us and our hearts and our minds. And so he takes the man away to do what is necessary. And finally, in St. Mark's Gospel, those healed by Jesus, always in Mark's Gospel, they remain where they are healed so that they can give God glory and testify to Jesus Christ. My friends, um, as always, the Gospel accounts are recorded not just for the purpose of good storytelling. Uh, they are written and recorded for us that we may be confident in the Holy One of God, in His Messiah, and His Christ, which is Jesus and it is meant to strengthen our faith and to elicit a response from us my friends people often ask me why did jesus tell them not to say anything so i'm going to give it to you now, here's the, one of the reasons why not the theological ones but one that you can just like putty in your hand why did jesus tell them and please note jesus told them don't say anything and they disobeyed and said Did it anyway, (laughs) much like people today. They disobeyed Jesus, but that's a different thing. Uh, So in Jesus' time, there are what we call charlatans, soothsayers, magicians, uh, scam artists. Oh my gosh, it sounds like 2021. Uh, (laughs) Spammers, (laughs) uh, all that. And uh, now the young ones won't understand this, but there were purveyors of snake oil. And they had fake cures. And they relied on the people telling, now, I gave you the oil and it worked. Go and tell the whole city that Joe, Joe did this for you, right? So Jesus makes the distinction, don't tell anybody what I did. He's making this, I'm not a magician. Isn't that good? Isn't that meaty? I can give you the theological ones, and you're just like. Oh. <laughs> so here, here's a really good practical one for you. He was separating himself from all the, the silliness of his time. And that brings us to the miracles, my friends. I want to talk about the miracles. The miracles were not the goal of the ministry of Jesus Christ. They were signs, as John would call them, of his credibility. Jesus said, Father, that they would believe that you send me and that they would do this, I will do this for them. Yes, of course it showed the compassion of God the Father, but it was to lend credibility, the miracles and signs. And they were invitations to the people of their time and ours then to trust and to follow Jesus and Jesus alone. Nobody else, just him. Of course, that part did not always work out because as more of the crowds heard about His wondrous deeds, it seems, from the Scriptures, the less they understood about Jesus of Nazareth and what he was doing. And this became clear at the end of Jesus' life. Look behind me at the cross. All those people who benefited from his love, from his kindness and his generosity and his healings were not to be found on that Friday. All those healings, all those miracles, and all that was there was his mother and two other women and the beloved. So it makes me contemplate deeply about miracles. God does what God does, but miracles come and go, they vanish. all those people who experienced that were not willing to follow Jesus to Calvary. So my friends, I look to the Acts of the Apostles. These 12 men, yes, they weren't there, but they would. Eventually, Jesus would rise from the dead. And he would walk. And he would talk to them. And it was the faith of these men... And that is the reason why this church is here today. Because of the faith of those men and women. There were 12 apostles, then there were 72, and then there were 500 on the day of resurrection. 500 people. There's Jesus. He's at Safeway. Didn't he? You know, they're at the market. And it was the testimony, not the miracles. The testimony of the people the very testimony of the people. You see, you can discredit, well, I see Mary over there, and I saw Mary on a piece of toast, and blah, 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 blah. All the atheists and all the critics can dispel that. They will not be able to dispel you sitting in this pew and saying, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe in him because, in the same way that those apostles did, in the same way that the first disciples did, that is not so easily dispelled. And here we are over 2,000 years later in his church and the disciples of today. As Catholic Christians, we are members of his church. We are his disciples. Each one of us is a living advertisement for him. So I'm asking all of you as baptized Christians, the miracles will come and go, and they still come and go today and they are designed to elicit a response of faith. The world can discredit that, but they cannot discredit you. So you must stand and be the holy disciples. You must witness to his love and his compassion and his generosity and his truth. When we do this, we don't need those other things. We need to be faithful and humble. If we do this, Christ will shine. His holy light will shine through us into a world that needs it so badly. Do you agree? I don't discredit the... the, God does what he does. There's reasons why he does what he does, and there's reasons for everything. But what happened in that day still happens now. All those miracles, and there was nobody. But those men and women... Those early men and women would go to their deaths and become martyrs because of Jesus. That spoke, that was lasting over the miracles. So you may pray for miracles. God does what he does. Pray that your faith is fortified and strengthened and that you witness and testify on his behalf.